and searching for something, something never comes, never leads to nothing, nothing satisfies, but I'm getting close, closer to the prize at the end of the road. All night long, I dream of the day, when it comes around and it's taken away, leaves me with the feeling that I feel the most, feel it come to life when I see your ghost. Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Echoes from the Void. Yeah, oh my gosh, this week, alright, so this week has been, ah man, it's not been as busy as most, there's just been a lot of shit trying to get done and all of that, so um, had to pull back from some things. But um, yeah, we we you know what I mean it's probably a shorter episode, but we still got some shit. We still got some shit to cover, uh, and you know what I mean. So um, we're bringing you a review of season two of Atlanta, so the Robin season, and um, Leviathan Wakes, which is the first book. In the Expanse series. That's our audio book of the week. So, um, yeah, good stuff, man. But, um, yo, I saw this this story in the news that is, um, you know, is 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 kind of crazy, right? It's kind of a crazy ass story. Um, so there's this um seems to be this growing trend in uh in Japan where otaku guys maybe girls I don't know but I think it's mainly guys so these otaku guys are marrying cartoon characters yes Yes, people, you have heard that right. They are marrying cartoon characters. So, otaku means geek, geek nerd. That that's that's the term in Japan. And um, yeah. So this article followed this one guy who who had married. This character called um, Miku. And. Yeah it's insane. Like it's. The craziest thing. So in his house. He's got. A big plush doll. He's got this. Computer kind of. Thing. This kind of capsule screen. with With a version of her in there. It's like yeah, this hologram in a glass. It's is yeah, it's 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 very different, let's just say. Um and there's different representations of this character, you know? Like yeah. There's these different where she's got turquoise hair. Um, and and just, yeah, like, these weird, yeah, different characteristics, like, she's, um, 
like a child in some than others she's more humanistic supposedly low neckline big boobs but obviously dressed as a schoolgirl but yeah the, 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 this guy sees every iteration as his wife and um because of that he had an actual ceremony an actual wedding ceremony um where he invited 39 guests because obviously in Japanese 39 means Miku which is this character's name so yeah it it, it was like it's not an official ceremony but yeah like he invited 39 of his friends to this thing and yeah at the wedding so he's wearing a white suit he's got a cuddly toy of this character put a white dress on it and he walks it down the ring like the aisle the ring the aisle um which is it's interesting now he doesn't say right he doesn't say that if any of his friends like questioned what he was doing you know what I mean because I would like to think if if I was <laughs> if, if I decided to marry I don't know fuck I guess the one like there's characters like loads of people like seem to be the go-tos when people go oh yeah that character ah man she's like so I think it's like um people always say Jessica Rabbit or Chitara from the Thundercats She-Ra you know like but if 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 I sent out invitations to people saying I'm marrying like any cartoon character I'd hope someone takes me aside and be like yo what, what what are you doing <laughs> like what 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 the fuck is what's going on son you know what I mean? it's just like listen i understand look people are different kinks people are different that is fine that is fine right but when you you break this down when you break this down and you ask, they ask the guy, like, what, like, why do you think this? And he says, like, he never really had any thought of having a real life girlfriend. And that, and that is, because he's like, oh, I've never felt attracted to a real woman. But, right? But the reason is because he says he wasn't popular. He says he was bullied at school. He says because he was a geek. So he's bullied at school because he was a geek. And then he was working as an administrator in school. And two women, one of one his own age and another older, bullied him at work. So... 
it, it so that seems to be the thing right not that he doesn't fancy women he's scared of women because he's been bullied a lot because he's been bullied he's never been able to i guess like learn the skills of how to interact and instead of right go you know what I mean being like yo Jermaine, I got to get better at this. I got to, instead of doing that, he retreated. So he found something he could put his emotions on that wouldn't reject him. Because, yeah, this cartoon character is not going to reject him. This cartoon character isn't going to be like, you know, I've had enough of you, I'm leaving. You know what I mean? So, that's what it seems to be. Because, right, when you, um, the firm that made him the hologram and everything like that. So, they, they, they you know what I mean, they were saying that it's been, um, they started offering, like, marriage certificates to people and 3,700 people took them up on this offer and they're only one company doing this there's a load of other companies doing this shit so there's all these people that instead of trying to form relationships are retreating and, and looking for like what's a safe option what's an option where I'm not gonna get hurt Okay, I'm gonna do this. So that's what it seems to be. Now, um, supposedly, so they they this article spoke to this professor as well, professor of sociology, and um, he says that there seems to be like after doing a lot of surveys and stuff like that. They found that women between 20 and 29, which is 47% of women between 20 and 29, um, they, yeah, they believe that a man should be making a lot of money so the woman can stay at home and um yeah not work so you know what I mean that so it seems that that seems to be this thing you know what I mean? that that seems to be this big thing now um which does seem crazy, right? Do you know what I mean? They want to stay at home and doing housework. And, yeah, their husband just go out there and make all the bucks. You know? Because, they're, they're, yeah, this is what he said. Like, Japanese women tend not to believe in internal love, but they trust money. Which, yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems crazy, but... Like, obviously, you know, there are definitely people that definitely think that, right? But you kind of feel that that number was going down. 
but man, supposedly in Japan, Japan, Asia, it's like South Korea, you know, like, yeah, this supposedly is a thing, (sighs) who knows though, but it does seem, instead of actually learning to form relationships, to form attachments, yeah, people are retreating, and, um, yeah, like, finding an easy way of not being hurt, so, yeah, finding an inanimate object that they can focus on, but can't be hurt, and you think about it now, right, so, you can get these elaborate sex dolls, they're now making robots, that do it as well, so they're making sex robots, that look like humans, so, hey, you just think, right, it's gonna be a point where these guys, just, yeah, marry these cartoon characters, and then just get robot likenesses, or just normal sex doll likenesses made up, and then they're covered, everything, but, um, boy, it does seem, it, it just seems that you're missing out, you know, because you're letting that fear take over you, and just control your life, you know what I mean, that's what it seems, because I, I, because for sure, if this guy wasn't bullied, he'd be dating women, because that's the reason, that's the the reason he gives. It was bullying. And yes, if people are mean to you, you're not gonna be drawn to them. But whoa, it's just uh, it just seems a crazy leap, right? Seems a crazy leap to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, but, um, hey, whatever, like, to each their own, to each their own, man, if, if you're not hurting people, hey, do you, but, man, it just feel, you just kind of feel, hey, it might be a thing to try and overcome this fear, right, try and overcome this fear, but, um, I don't know, there's, there's, there's more crazy stuff, people, there's more crazy stuff coming, you know what I mean, this is just the start, right, so, a French couple went on holiday to, um, Sardinia, um, which is known for its great sandy beaches, right, so they went on holiday there, and, um, they got, on their way home, they got caught with, uh, with sand, so the crazy thing is, right, so, they were about to board a ferry, heading to Toulon, and, um, yeah, that's when they got caught, <laughs> uh, so, they they um 
they had 90, 90 pounds or 40, 40 kilograms of sand with them, right? Um, so, but, like, so the thing is, that's, they said, well, they said, right, they wanted a, uh, a souvenir of their trip, you know? They they wanted a souvenir for their of their trip, their time on holiday, their lovely holiday. Wanted a souvenir. Okay, fine. You you'd think a souvenir, so a little bit of sand. That's who the the, the sand was in fourteen plastic bottles, fourteen plastic bottles, right? They took from um, Chia. Which is in southern Sardinia, right? Fourteen that fourteen bottles does not sound like a souvenir. It sounds like these people are full of shit. There's this sand is coveted. Like like loads of people want to try and take this sand. So you like it, it seems to me that they probably wanted to try and sell this shit on you know eBay or something because yeah a little souvenir you'd think just a tiny little bit tiny little bit right in a tiny little pot you're like one of those lip balm pots or something like that that's what i I was thinking when I read that they just wanted a little souvenir. That's what I was thinking. So you're thinking, man, they got caught with just this tiny, you know. But then when you when you hear 14 bottles, it's just like, yo, no. No, 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 no. There, there, there's some shady shit here. You know what I mean? There's some definitely some shady shit here. Uh, so now... These dumbasses face one to six years in prison. <laughs> one to six years. Ooh. Because, um, <laughs> so because it's a crime of theft with the aggravating circumstance of having stolen an asset of public utility. That's the thing. So, it was a, a two, 2017 law, the trade in sand, pebbles and shells is illegal and um, usually punishable with fines of up to 3,000 euros, which is $3,330 or £2,750. Because, yeah, it's, you know, like the authorities are just like, we can't have tourists coming and stealing all this goddamn sand, you know? So they say sandy beaches are one of the main attractions of Sardinia. There are two thefts. One is due to erosion, which is partly natural and partly induced by the increasing sea levels um, due to climate change. The second is stands sand stealing by tourists. Two threats. Two threats. Um, 
you know, so that's the problem. So they're just like, yeah, we can't have all these fucking people coming, stealing the sand. It's already disappearing because of climate change. So we can't have um, that happening. And the, so the, and the other thing is, right, you'd, you'd have thought that, um, yeah, these people would have known. These people would have known it's a crime to steal the sand. Because you look, you always look shit up. When you're looking to go somewhere, you look shit up. You know, you go onto Lonely Planet or, or or somewhere like that. So that information would have been out there. They would have seen that information, but they were just like, eh, "We're we're gonna get away with it." There's fourteen bottles is not a souvenir. Fourteen bottles is someone trying to make some money. You know, trying to make some money, man. Souvenir my ass. That's some crazy ass shit, right? Crazy ass shit. Oh, but you think that's crazy? Man, like this next one is, I feel it's crazier. You you know what I mean? I feel it's even crazier. Okay, so right now there's a lot of talk. And it seemed a big backlash to um, a deal that Rock Nation, who is owned by Jay-Z, has made with the NFL. Right? So, um, it's a multi-year partnership that is aiming to expand the league's entertainment offering, including... A lot of work around the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, because um, I think they, they've got this new initiative, the NFL. Um, and they want to um, yeah, kind of work on the community work. So it's the um, Change Initiative, Inspire Change Initiative. And it's focused on education and economic advancement, improving police community relations and criminal justice reform. So that is, um, yeah, supposedly that's what this is, right? So, um, yeah, they, they've signed a deal with Rock Nation to, um, to kind of help with all of this. You know, um, and especially you think that the Super Bowl halftime show is viewed by like probably more than a hundred million people. So it's the most watched musical kind of performance in the world, which is crazy, right? A halftime show at the Super Bowl. Uh, so yeah, so they've made this deal, and now everyone is coming out criticizing Jay Z for doing it. <sighs> like it's baffling to me, to be honest, 
because so another thing so i watched this um uh it was a, a youtube video um yesterday and it was stephen a smith and he was talking to a couple of people i forget who he's talking to but one of these guys because like smith is like in the camp that give jay-z a chance to show us what the plan is you know what i mean no one knows what the deal is so how can you condemn him out the gate and the fact that he's saying and he was also saying that if you think about all the good work jay-z has done all the good work he's done right how is it that you can just suddenly do a 180 so quickly and go oh now he's the devil you know and it was funny because a guy that he was talking to was like um because <clears throat> he was all at the beginning no 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 you can't trust easy blah, blah, blah. and then after listening to what Stephen smith said he was a bit like all right no 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 fair point and up until this moment i'd agree with you and it was just like wait up until this moment you'd agree that jay-z is worth trusting and pretty honorable and all of this but now you're saying that he is the devil it's like he didn't say actually the devil but that's what it kind of accounts to you understand it's just like when you listen to everything that's being said it's kind of insane so this dude he's like yeah you can't trust him blah 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 and then he's like look jay-z bought into the um the barclay center so he's part of the the group that kind of brought that and the nba franchise to brooklyn and all of this right and he's like um you know and jay-z promised to do good for the community and also build housing and the housing hasn't been built yet and now he sold his share so he's a liar and steve smith's like yeah like maybe the housing hasn't been built yet but if you look at all the employment for that community and how it has risen drastically all the money now in the community like the community's a lot better and the guy's like well yeah yeah you know yeah that's a point so it's a bit like what is everyone saying right now because yes like we all know the amount of money jay-z gives to charity we all know the scholarships that he gives to kids so they can go to school uni all of that jazz and this is all stuff that isn't publicized so we like we've known for years he's been doing this shit without it being publicized right so he's definitely given back to the community he's definitely helped a lot right so he's made a deal to help the nfl and the deal has only just been made so this is the crazy thing the deal has only just been made but everyone is straight up 
oh it's it, it it's terrible like um <clears throat> so Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend um yeah she's she's saying that um we will never turn our backs on Colin Kaepernick because your idols decided to work with the same organization that is actively keeping Colin unemployed all because he peacefully protested against social injustice in black and broken communities specifically police brutality so really how can Jay-Z and the NFL utter social justice in their partnership while keeping Colin unemployed because of his social justice work? Um, And she also said, what is disgusting and disappointing is Jay-Z is letting them use him. Whether Jay-Z knew it or not, I don't doubt his intelligence, so I would think he knew. He helped the NFL bury who he said is an iconic figure. And um, one of Kaepernick's old teammates, Eric Reid, said, Jay-Z knowingly made a money move with the very people who've committed an injustice against Colin and is using social justice to smooth it over with the black community. Now, Reed has got a new team. So, yeah, he he um he worked with Colin. You know, he took a knee and all, but he's with the Carolina Panthers now. So he got a job, right? So if he was so like I side with Colin, maybe he'd sit on the sideline until Colin got a job too. You know what I mean? It's a bit like what makes no sense here is this, right? So we've just had a press conference, nothing else. But everyone is just straight away, well, it's clearly sabotaging like Kaepernick. It, it, it's sabotaging. No one knows what the fuck happened. No one knows what was said. And if Kaepernick wants to work, because this is the thing, right? They're saying he's the NFL is actively keeping him unemployed. Now, who knows, right? Who knows if a decree was put down by Goodell saying no team is allowed to employ him? That could have happened, yes. That could have happened. Also, right... Any of the t- any of the team owners could have think to themselves, "Shit, we do not like the uh, you know what I mean the public attention this is getting." I think we're gonna steer clear from this dude. So it doesn't have to be a decree brought down because every team is owned by someone else, right? They're individuals own these teams conglomerates own these teams so if they just decided we don't need that smoke hey that's what do you do so if you want 
something to happen. Because it's been three years. It's been three years. So if they want something to happen, you need someone to come in and try and clear up all the bullshit in the back end. So how do you know this isn't part of what Jay is going to be doing? Like, no one knows. No one knows. But people want to talk on shit like they're experts. Like, all these people, like, going, oh, he's disgusting. He made a money move. Like, he don't need that money. Jay-Z is silly rich, right? He don't technically need that money. So... You have to think there is definitely more to the deal. Definitely more to the deal. No one lays out every single part of something in a press conference. No one ever does that. You you get an announcement. You get maybe a little overview. That's usually it at press conference. Because everyone knows no one would absorb all this information if it was laid out, right? So you just get the tidbit and then you you put out more information as the weeks and months go by. So, you'd think, let this play out a bit, right? Let the more information come out before you're all like oh he's disgusting he's terrible he's the devil blah 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 god damn it it's ridiculous and (laughs) so the thing is Kaepernick would have known a consequence of taking the knee he knew, he knew, it's not like the um, NFL hasn't done, like, some real drastic shit in the past, right, so he knew that this could well be a consequence of him doing what he did, right, and also, let's Let's not make it into this huge... He took a knee, right? Took a knee during the games. Now, there's a whole lot more he could have done, but he took a knee. So, hey, it's not this crazy, you know, campaign that he went... Like, he took a knee. That's all he did. Took a knee. Yeah. So... You people were like, oh, that's great when he first took it, you know, so you didn't need a whole heap of information out of him before he took the knee, so how about like flipping that and letting Jay-Z just start doing the process, start doing some work, now, if, you know, the rest of the year goes by, say, and there's no information on, you know, ain't nothing. Yeah, then you can start questioning. 
but to question it straight out the gate and especially of someone who has done a lot for the community it is so narrow-sighted you know what I mean it's so narrow-sighted it's so weird it's so weird but to be honest it's not surprising right it's not surprising because that's the way the world seems to be working like people want to be enraged about whatever you know there there doesn't really have to be a a, a proper reason they just want to be enraged so this is the next big thing Ay. but you know i can i very much imagine in a short period of time what would that be a few weeks a month more information is going to come out and it happen it's going to find himself employed hey that's what i think but fuck do you know what i mean maybe i'm idealistic but i just think we give motherfucker a chance you know hey Oh my gosh, people. So we've just had UFC 241 from the Honda Center, Anaheim, California. And um, yeah, we have been wondering about this card for a while. You mean, on paper, this was one of the best cards so far this year for the UFC. You mean, but the big question was, Will it be able to deliver and will all of these fights actually happen? Because Joe Romero, Paolo Costa has been booked so many times, you know what I mean? And it's fallen through. But yes, it all happened, people, and it really did deliver. We had some great fights. But you, we, let's just think about those last three fights of the night Yao Romero against Paolo Costa. This was ridiculous. This was ridiculous. And especially people, just think about the ages here. Yao Romero is 42. Supposedly 42. Because we know how the Cubans do. (laughs) When you think about some of those Cuban boxers, they were definitely a lot older than the age they specified. So, um, yeah, Yaromero is supposedly 42, and Paolo Costa is, I believe, he's 27. Um, so, you've got that age difference. Then you've got the size difference. Because usually you think Yaromero is a big motherfucker, built like an Adonis, you know what I mean? But then when Paolo Costa comes and steps beside him, you're like, firstly, he's like chiseled as fuck too, but he's so much bigger. That was one of the crazy things. He's so much bigger. So we're just like, oh my God, is Romero going to get knocked out for the first time? But no. Like, yo, Romero's backing up a lot in this fight. And Costa is coming forward. But Romero is dodging. You know what I mean? Rolling with most of the things Costa's throwing at him. Um, 
He takes a few punches, but just eats them. Do you mean they're not hurting him? And he's using that legendary coil release and just springing forward and landing his own shots. You know, usually one twos, not not huge combinations, but he's landing some good shots on Costa. And this is very back and forth. And um, as the rounds go on, Costa is getting, you know, legitimately tired. So, hey, in the third round, Romero really turns it on. Um, it goes to a decision and Costa gets the win. The crowd were not happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? The crowd were not happy at all. Um, then we've got the co-main event. Anthony Showtime Pettis against Nick Diaz. And yo, my God, the pop Diaz got was ridiculous. You know what I mean? Everyone clearly was loving the fact that he's making his return to the octagon after three years. That's it, right, people? Three years out, comes back. And, um, yo, this was a crazy fight. So, Pettis is throwing a lot of leg kicks in the first round. You know, leg, body, throwing up to the head. They're not landing. But, you know, body lands, um, leg kicks are landing, but Diaz is blocking the leg kicks for the most part, you know what I mean? Um, and he blocks one kick that puts Pettis down for a second, and um, when he gets up, it's a bit like, ooh, he's swelling on the ankle and he's not really throwing any more kicks. Towards the end of the first, Diaz does look a bit tired, but... Come second and first, Diaz is back. Do you know what I, mean? I don't know what it was. I have no clue what it was. But, yo, he's not tired anymore. And he's pouring it on. Pouring it on to Pettis. And i got to say, he puts Pettis down towards the end of the third. And I think if he had made Pettis get back to his feet, Diaz is stopping that fight. He's stopping that fight. But Diaz went down, um, you know, into Pettis' guard and you know, eventually takes it back, tries for submission, but time runs out. But I think if they'd stayed standing, Diaz was stopping Pettis, you know? And then we end with the rematch, Cormier against Miocic. And, um, yo, this was, this was such a different fight to the first one. You know, in this one, Miotic is is trying to use his range more. You know, pick D DC off as he's coming forward. But DC is, like, he's rolling with the punches. You know, he's using really, like, a different style that we haven't really seen a lot from DC. Where his hands are kind of up, but kind of down too. But he's grabbing the punches. He's grabbing the hands of Miotic, then he kind of pushed him out to the side, release, and then fire back with, like, punches and elbows, and, yo, DC is doing this so well, like, he's doing it so well that he won the first three rounds, he definitely won the first three rounds, now, after the first, 
you can see Miocic is has finally found his range. Finally found his range. But that yeah, I mean, it's 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 not really doing enough. It's not really doing enough because DC is walking through his punches and he's really landing hard on Miotic. And Miotic is definitely he's tired. Come the end of the third round, he is tired. But he he really took some great direction from his corner, comes out in the fourth and then starts throwing vicious shots to the body. Really landing on that liver and just slowing DC down. And it was, I think, an attrition of those punches to the body that we we saw DC start to kind of fatigue and just wince. You know, and he and Miocic landed one great shot to the body that um you know what I mean made DC back off and DC's kinda concentrating on the body. So Miocic was able to land a great over the hand shot that just dazed DC. Then he swarmed him, put him down, and just continued to throw punches. So the referee had to step in. And no, Stipe, yo, he wins back the belt, man. He is now heavyweight champion again. And you got to say, greatest UFC heavyweight champ. Got to say it. <sighs> it's going to be interesting, though, because is it going to be a rematch? You know what I mean? Could DC, because, hey, DC was winning the fight. So you could easily say, hey, let's run it back. If they don't, though, oh, man, it's Francis Ngannou. So Ngannou, Miocic 2. And you definitely have seen an evolution in Ngannou. So, hey, how the fuck is that fight going to turn out now? You know what I mean? But this was a great card. So to hear, um, you know what I mean, a full breakdown and everything... Just, hey, just download um, Chin Check, you know what I mean? And you can get all of this. There's um, the kinetic grappling that happened on Friday. Um, combat Jiu-Jitsu that happened on um, Sunday. And the Contender Series Week 9. Hey, all of that's covered, people. So, um, yeah, check out Chin Check. <laughs> Okay, so this week I um, decided to hit season two of Atlanta. Um, this season was called Robin. Um, yeah, which I wasn't like, I this you know I hadn't looked at anything. So when I heard Robin, I was like, as in Redbreast, you know what I mean? Batman's ward, like, huh? Why is it called that? And then the first episode opens up and you're like, oh, I yeah, I think I get it. <laughs> I think I get it now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, you know what I mean? It, like, all, the, all, all your favorites are returning from season one. Um, so that's like... Uh, Donald Glover as Ern Marks, 
Brian Tyree Henry as Alfred Mills, Lakeith Stanfield as Darius, and Zazie Beats as Van. So they're all back um, this season. Get one extra episode, so there's 11. They're around, I guess, like 20, 22 minutes each. So, yeah, it's it's a quick watch, really. And, um, yeah, it's through FX. So, um, the blurb I found was, In Atlanta Robin season, two cousins work through the Atlanta music scene in order to better their lives and the lives of their families. Earn Marks is a young manager trying to get his cousin's career off the ground. Alfred Mills is a new hot rapper trying to understand the line between real life and street life. Darius is Alfred's right-hand man and visionary. Van is Earn's best friend and the mother of Earn's daughter. So yeah, that's the blurb. I'd say some of that's correct. Some of that is, I don't know, interesting. Because, you know, I guess when you say, um, like, Van is Ern's best friend and the mother of his daughter, yeah. The mother of the daughter is correct. Best friend. I don't even know about that one. Because everything about that situation is very... It's very blurry. And I wouldn't say the way that he interacts with her is that of a best friend. You know? Because it's, yeah, it's it's weird. This, like, and you watch season one, and there's weird stuff in season one. I think season two really opens that up. And we kind of get a, um, I guess we kind of get a line drawn underneath it. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, because they've got a daughter together. It is pretty much open. It's pretty much open. Uh, so I think, yeah, one of the one of the things is so it's this situation, and then um, all right. So when it says that um, Alfred Mills is a new hot rapper trying to understand the line between real life and street life, that last bit, the real life and street life, that is very much at the forefront of this season you know i think um what we have is a lot on perception here you know there's a lot about what we think we are owed like what we're prepared to put in like what we want, what someone else wants. These are all key ingredients that kind of get stirred into the pot. You know, these are all things that get looked at and addressed. And 
yeah, I guess it makes you it makes you like scratch scratch your head a little bit um, on on some of the stuff that we see, you know, because it's all hmm, it's all kind of crazy. It's all really crazy, and yeah, this is all grey area. Like, there's no good guys. There's bad guys. I, you know, it's all a bit like, are they? Aren't they? Like, you know. So, I mean, I guess there's people that you might like more than others, but you can never really say, oh, well, that person is like that person's legit. That person isn't. That's the thing. But that's the thing that I think stands this show, you know, above many others. Because it's it's not trying to do that that crazy like TV shit. You know what I mean? Where you have like, oh, this person is good and they never do any wrong and blah blah blah. You know? Like yeah, it, it it's kind of more true to um a lot of situations that we find, you know. Uh, yeah, and that's what I like. That's what I like about it. But um, yo, the first episode it's called Alligator Man, and um, yeah, you definitely find out why. <laughs> you definitely find out why. Oh, and it's crazy, definitely crazy, just the opening sequence, the opening sequence is insane, you do wonder how the fuck anyone gets out of that, it's, it's crazy, and then, like, when my man drives up, you're just like, what, <laughs> like, what, it's just, like, you have to watch it to, to understand, um, See, the thing is, I know this is old. Well, like, when I say old, I guess it came out last year. But, you know, I guess there's going to be people that still haven't watched it. So I'm going to try not to give um, too much away. But, yeah, the, the first first episode is insane. Um, so then we get to the second episode. Like, the second episode, I think, Sporting Waves and... I think this really kind of shows something because, like, we, we've seen before, like, Earns, uh, I guess he's <clears throat> kind of commitment to things. Like, because, you know, he wants to be Alfred's manager. And he, he, you know, he's always like, I need to make money, I need to make money. But then he might make some money, but then he's not that sensible with it. And and he does look for the easy route a lot of times. So, he, he, yeah, he makes four grand and then he, he gets convinced to flip it. But you're kind of like... Listen, if you try and flip it like that, do you really think there's going to be no consequences? But Ern doesn't really think about it. So, yeah, you really kind of see that aspect 
of things, you know. Um, <clears throat> and then you also see Alfred's kind of um, like his situation with with the rap game because he's still making silly moves. Like in season one, I think the the, the episode with Migus, um, and like Ern's like you. You can't be on the streets like that, man. But he's still on the streets, and you see what happens from that. You know what I mean? You you see, like, listen, you can't be doing that shit. And we see some repercussions. Also, though, like this, the the whole rap thing does remind me of Hustle and Flow. Um, the old uh, who is it? Terrence Howard film. From uh, I think it's like mid two thousands, I believe. Um, with Free Six Mafia, the song that won the Oscar, which was crazy. Uh, it's hard out there for a pimp. Um, now, like, because every time we see Alfred really talking about rap and, you know what I mean, it's just like, look, he's always like, I need to be making this money, I want this, I should be getting this, but whenever you see an episode where he has to maybe do something to take, try and take him to another level, he never really wants to do it, he never really commits to it, and this is another instance of that. So it's a bit like, you know, Ern's shortcomings and Alfred's shortcomings. They really are counterproductive for both of them. Like making something in this, which is, yeah, it's problematic, man. It's definitely problematic. And, um,. As we go on, like episode three, money bag shorty. Uh, now, Ern has like he wants to take Vanessa out, right? And he's made some money, so he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this." But you you have to understand, there's certain things are going to um, certain things are gonna get you in shit, right? And like, even if technically, like, Ms. Ernst trying to take Van out and he's got a hundred dollar bill, right? Now, it's like in the UK, if you have a hundred or even a 50 pound note, right? A lot of places will think it's counterfeit, a lot of places will not break that, and they will tell you no, they'll turn you away. Like, and, and so in this instance, Ern's like, yo, that's racist. And yes, there is some of that. There is definitely some of that. And we see that. But it's the understanding of, listen, we all know that, yo, trying to do this thing's going to be difficult. Right? And it's going to be especially difficult for Ern, for the black dude. Right? So... Instead of trying to go, well, you know, I've got a legal right. Just just save, you know what I mean? Pick your battles, son. Pick your battles. And that's a big thing in this episode. Also, 
there's the the perception in this episode because we so this is a, a you know a second episode in a row that we run into um Clark County who's like a and a, a big a bigger rapper than Paperboy um but he's kind of looked on like Paperboy um you know what I mean they they kind of feel that he's a bit corny you know he he's he's getting all the endorsements and stuff but yeah it's a bit corny but then we see this different side of him in the studio so even though he's a bit corny he's kind of like now whether he's acting in a certain way because he wants paperboy who is the, the, the more street rapper to perceive him in this certain way or it's just, yo, he's being corny to make the money, but in fact, he's an asshole. But this is one of the first signs around that that we legitimately see. So, it, like, yeah, this episode has got these two kind of messages kind of within it, which make it interesting. Um... Alright, I'm kind of going through this episode, episode, I'm probably not going to keep this up, but hey, episode 4, Helen, this really shows the issue between Earn and Van, so Van, you know, she's part German, she grew up with that, so there's things that she likes, and she tries to bring um, Earn to a uh, German celebration, and Ern's like, yeah, I'll come, I'll come, like a fucking Eeyore he is, but the problem is, it's like, Ern often says he'll do something, but then if it's not quite what he really wants to do, he kind of pouts and acts like an ass, and that's what happens, but that, yo, that's the big catalyst to the relationship, you know, um, and so we see that all br- play out, that all plays out in this episode, and uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't go well, doesn't go well at all, I, um, yeah, and look, a lot of these things, like, we get, we see a lot of different things within the next few episodes, like in episode six, Teddy Perkins, this is, this episode kind of talks to the, the, the kind of situation we see a lot of young celebrities in, you know, young celebrities or sports stars, where their family have pushed them as a child to be this certain thing, you know, like, um, so there's parallels to Michael Jackson within this, um, Stevie Wonder, and, and, yeah, this is what we see, you know, this guy, 
and he's trying to and so the crazy thing is a lot of the way through the episode we're, we're seeing this one guy and we're thinking is there a kind of paranoid delusion happening um you know is there this paranoid delusion but as it then transpires it's something completely different but there is a lot of talk around how his father used to enforce this regime to make them perfect so yeah you you definitely see these parallels in the child stars and everything like that so it's a very odd episode but it's interesting in that dissection of i guess personality and perfection you know, so that, yeah, that's kind of good. Then, um, episode seven, Champagne Pappy. See, this, this episode, so this one is kind of just focused on Van and her friends going to a New Year's Eve party. And they're trying to meet Drake. And it, and it really is that kind of, that play on, like, you know what I mean? Some of these girls like using social media to um give this certain narrative of hey i'm living my best life you know this is what i'm doing hey look at me i'm great i'm rolling with all these celebrities and so yeah at the very end of the episode it kind of shows this thing that's like yeah it's all fake it's all fake But it fools everyone, you know, and it's just whether you want to be a part of that. But, like, no one comes out of this clean because it's just like, yo, all the girls went to the party for the same reason that everyone's at this party, you know? So it's just a bit like, yo, either, you know, they can't walk off on no higher ground or anything like that because, yo, their intentions were exactly the same in the giddy up and that's it trying to um piggyback off other people's success and all of that kind of crazy and it's just like is it worth it you know does that make you happy that's what you need to ask yourselves so um yeah it's kind of like these kind of things are interesting when you break them down and you, um, you know what I mean? You you break them down and you just, like, think about, all right, so, yeah, how's that play on, you know what I mean, like, the world we live in, you know? Because that's what everyone does, right? That's how people live their lives. Yeah? This is, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And then, we, you know, we have other episodes looking at social media. And I guess that's episode eight, Woods. And it's looking at the social media and how people use it. And, like, one of Alfred's fre- female friends, Sierra, like, she's just like, oh, we should kind of get together. But we don't have to get together, get together. But... Hey, it will look good. It will help each our, each of our brands. 
you know, and, and, it, and this is what, but this is what people do, so it's just like, oh, I'm dating this new person, they're not dating, but the perception of them dating kind of pumps up the, the, the whole narrative for them, so we have this, but again, look, this is this whole thing where Alfred is trying to go, what's, what's keeping it real and what's real life, and this episode really kind of shines the light on that. Because then Alfred's confronted by um, some people. And it's just like, straight away, you know what the fuck's happening. I don't think Alfred does straight away. But then it's just like, oh, yeah. So what do you now do? And we see some other shit and it's just like, was that a hallucination or is that real? You know, but at the end of the episode, I think Alfred kind of has a realisation. You know, like taking a picture with a fan, fuck it. Like, what's the harm? You know, but yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. You know, but yeah, it's that whole what is life and what's keeping it real. And that episode really talks to that. Um yeah, you we've got this North of the Border is a crazy episode. Crazy episode. Uh and you know it's going south. And it also kind of shows Earn. And he's he's kind of inability to really understand the whole management thing. So I think that's there. But then it's also Alfred needs to stop bringing certain people around. Because, yo, that shit escalates situations. But, yeah, it, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's insane. It's definitely insane. Um, episode 10, FUBU, is a flashback to um, when Ern and Alfred and um, I think there's a young Vanessa in there. In there as well, and they're all at school. But to be honest, um, we didn't really need this episode. This episode really does nothing doesn't really do anything i mean it kind of highlights earn being this just kind of weak-minded person but yeah we don't need it so yeah in theory this season could have been 10 episodes like season one to be honest so um episode 11 crabs in a barrel uh so we kind of jump forward there, there, there seems to be some sort of jump forward in time, but um, yo, the crew's getting ready to go on a European tour that Clark County's headlining, so they're needing to kind of pack, like sort out the house. Um, Darius needs his passport sorted because it's expired and he hasn't been on top of all of that shit. So we have all of this. Um, there's some Earn Van Lottie stuff at the beginning and it kind of migrates through the episode. But 
yeah, so we see all of this, and also within this episode as well, it's like, it does show what kind of person Clark County is, so we see that, and we also see, um, like, what kind of person Ern is, because, hey, one thing you do notice about Ern is, like, the jealous, there's a jealous side to him, so there's this chip, he's got this huge chip on his shoulder, and the inability to handle other people that will say things to him and treat him in a certain way, which he then seems to reflect on Van, but then you've got this jealousy too, so when people are like other managers and doing things that he can't do for Alfred, and he sees other people do that, he doesn't really like it, you know, and so that that comes out very much at the very end of the episode, and it, yeah, it plays into finding out what, who Clark really is, but yeah, it's, um, it's a crazy episode, so where you think it's gonna finish off one way, it really doesn't, but I think it lays things out nicely for, um, yeah, it lays things out nicely for, you know, season three, which is down, and it's be also been renewed for a full season as well. Neither have been filmed yet. They're going to do them back to back. But yeah. They're probably not going to start filming until beginning of next year. So. Yeah. I mean. Got a little time to wait. But all in all. Really did this. Enjoyed this season. Definitely enjoyed this season. It's. A lot bleaker than um, season one. That's the I think that's the one big thing that really jumps out, you know, and you know it, it's bleaker, and we also see like a more destructive side of it's like earn for sure, you know, earn for sure. We see that as I said. Look, he's got this chip on its shoulder. And just an inability to stop other people treating him in a certain way. Which is odd. Because you kind of feel all he has to say is, hey, don't do that sometimes. But he won't. And then he will take his frustration out on everyone else. You know? Which is just shitty. Just shitty. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's always just a bit like, oh, I'm just happy with the way things are. I'm happy with our current situation. You know, like, he'll he'll fall back to that. Instead of just going, hey, yes, I need to get better at this. Or we, we need to take things to this next level. You know, we need to be looking forward. Because even though, like, Alfred... It does seem that he doesn't want to put in certain work, but he is, you know, you know what he wants. So, you know, he wants to make money. You know, he wants to headline. We know 
he wants to get to a certain place. So at least he knows that. But it's like, what's he prepared to do? And we see him come up short on several occasions in this season. Because he's like, oh, I want, I'm, I'm gangster. I'm all street. I'm this. Ah, look at me. Look at me. So it's, um, yeah, we get these kind of different situations are coming up. And we're seeing the way that they're interacting with those around them. It's not always great. Not always great. But that's good. It's like we don't want it to be this sugar-coated, fake situation. So that's the great thing about Atlanta. It's not sugar-coated. They really play in that grey area. But yeah, this season, a lot darker than season one. But it's still good. Definitely still good. Should have been ten episodes. Hey, but you're still going to enjoy it. So it just, But it just means there's going to be a big gap with season three. But um, I think we're all used to like waiting around. Especially those Rick and Morty fans, right? But it does mean when season three does drop... Season 4, it will be coming without a huge delay Because they would have filmed them back to back So there is that But hey, if you love season 1 You're definitely going to love season 2 Atlanta, Robin, check it out Okay, so this week I decided to read Leviathan Wakes By James S.A. Corey Now James S.A. Corey is actually a pseudonym for two collaborators, Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. Um, and they have worked together on the Expanse series, which, um, yeah, it's, it's at the moment eight novels. And I think the word is there should be one more. That's the word. I don't know. But it has also spawned a um, a TV series that was on sci-fi, got cancelled. Amazon picked it up. And, um, yeah, they have turned it into... Um, a, a, a very successful show that has now got I think they just commissioned a fourth season if I'm right well, I think that's true I sometimes get these things wrong but um yeah I don't know but yes I, I, I believe it's got you know it's gonna get a fourth season so um yeah, this is book one of the whole shebang. And um, this is what it says. Humanity has colonized the solar system. Mars, the moon, the asteroid belt and beyond. But the stars are still out of our reach. Jim Holden is exo of an ice miner making runs from the rings of Saturn to the mining stations of the belt. When he and his crew stumble upon a derelict ship 
the scopuli, they find themselves in possession of a secret they never wanted. A secret that someone is willing to kill for. And kill on a scale unfathomable to Jim and his crew. War is brewing in the system unless he can find out who left the ship and why. Detective Miller is looking for a girl. One girl in a system of beings, but her parents have money and money talks. When the trail leads him to the Scopoli and Rebel Synthesizer Holden, he realises that this girl may be the key to everything. Holden and Miller must thread the needle between the Earth government, the outer planet revolutionaries and the secretive corporations and the odds are against them but out in the belt the rules are different and one small ship can change the fate of the universe. So as you can see this is kind of epic in scope man you know this is a really good book it's the second time I've read it because I realized that um I haven't read the last two books in the series and I've kind of forgotten a lot I loved it the first time around so I thought all right let me start from the very beginning again and um yeah I've you know, this is a really good book. And the thing I like about this book is, like, it really kind of covers everything. And when I say it covers everything, a lot of times you have um, situations that happen in books and someone will think about doing something or go to do something and then everyone's like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. And then that person's like you know what, you're right, I'm now going to change my perspective on everything, yay, and that happens, and it's just like, ugh, or just everything's black and white, you know, like, I'm doing this because of this, well, I'm saying this because of this, Uh, and there's no middle ground, and you're just like, well, that's rubbish, well, in this book, there's middle ground, there's grey and white, there's, you know what I mean, there's black, there's there's so many different sides, and you have people falling upon one side, but then having a realisation, and kind of going to the middle, or going straight across, you know, and, and it's good like that, you don't have situations where someone's like, I think you're wrong, and then they're just like, yeah, you're right, I'm changing, it's more nuanced, and that's good, that's always a good thing, like, when it starts out, you have Holden, that when he finds out that someone is doing something wrong, he wants to tell everyone, he wants to make it clear that these wrong things are happening, so, you know what I mean, he makes announcements, and sometimes these announcements don't go the way that he was expecting because people misconstrue what he's saying but that doesn't stop him because he's just like no I believe in this thing and I believe everyone should understand and know 
all the facts. So he does it again. And then they're like, no, stop doing it. And he's just like, no, because I haven't done anything wrong. It's not my fault people are taking what I say and twisting it. But then we see him kind of pull back slightly and go, okay, all right. The last few times haven't quite gone as planned. Let's try something else. And and so there's a learning curve on things, you know. We see the characters change and evolve and grow. And even at the end, there's a thing with Miller. Like Holden says something to Miller and, he, and Miller's like, fine, I understand. And then he does this other thing instead. And you're just like... Oh, Oh, but then we, uh, it's make clear why he did this other thing. And he did it with the realisation of what the consequences would be. So that is, you mean, that's important. And I wish more books did that. You know, more stories looked at the full scope of situations, you know. And, and gave you a real a real insight into the actual thinking and the, the construct of people's thoughts because we yeah we really don't always get that and it is something that really frustrates the shit out of me so I very much enjoyed this you know uh, it, it, yeah, it's just a real interesting book, and there's a lot of twists and turns, a lot of them, you know, which is like, you think, oh, right, boom, that's been solved then, and then it's just like, oh, this new thread, and then a new thread, and you're just like, where does this stop, like, how can they stop, this has gone so far, I don't understand, this is like, oh, and so, like, when it all ends, you're just like, oh, man, I can't believe that the these people did this thing, that's just, but now, like, what does this mean, like, what does this mean for everyone going forward, because, yeah, Pandora's box is open, so, <laughs> yeah, and that's the great thing, like, it tells a good story, and then it doesn't just leave this, you know, kind of rubbish cliffhanger, it leaves a situation that makes sense, you know, so you can explore this, this situation going forward, and that, that's compelling, you know, it, it, it's some really good storytelling, and if you like good sci-fi, and I would probably say this is hard sci-fi, um, yeah, to an extent, I would say this is kind of hard sci-fi, so if you like um, Peter F. Hamilton, if you like Alistair Reynolds, then I think you would like this, yeah, so, you know, it, it's probably, like, on the face of it, you might say it's more commercial than those books, but it is a similar tilt. So, yeah, if you're a fan of those stories, 
I think you would really enjoy this. Uh, so, people, it is um, book one in the Expanse series, Leviathan Wakes. It's by James S.A. Corey, and it's narrated by Jefferson Mays on Audible. So, um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. It's 19 hours and 9 minutes, so definitely a good, hefty story to, you know, pass those times traveling to work or wherever. You know what I mean? Doing housework, whatever you do when you're listening to a good old audiobook. So, yeah, check it out. And as of this moment, there are eight more books. Eight more books, eight more books in the series, and a few. Um, I think there's a few short, short stories on Audible. I think there's two or three. So um, yeah, it's definitely something you can get your teeth into. Okay, cool. All right, people. So we're drawing to an end of another episode. Seems to be a lot of TV news, so we're gonna kind of whiz through some of that. Um, so Showtime have um signed a deal to um <coughs> work with Fremantle Media and produce a TV series based on um, Melvin. Peaks famed dr- fantasy drama series Gorgongast, uh, which could be um could be very interesting. We've got Toby Whitehouse, Neil Gaiman, and Akiva Goldsman working on it. So um yeah, you know what I mean? Like all names that have been attached with very successful things. So. You have that. So, um, Peak wrote five books in the series. And I think his wife finished off the series with his notes for a Sith book. I believe that's how it went down. Um, yeah. And it just followed um, Titus, who was the heir of the House of Groon. Um... And a scheming kitchen boy called Steer Pike. And two crazy twins. So back in 2000, the BBC did um, a series which was four parts. And that was around the first two books. Obviously, it was very abbreviated. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. With a lot more money and all of that, what um, what this series could look like, you know what I mean? But yes, we will see. Um, some crazy news, and especially because over the years, Ewan McGregor has talked about how you know making the Star Wars films was rubbish and a bad mistake and blah blah blah. But so word is out that, um, yeah, they're thinking of making a TV series based on um, Obi-Wan Kenobi for the uh, Disney Plus platform. Um, Yeah, I mean, 
there was word at one time that, you know, like Solo, there was a, a, a you know, a Obi-Wan Kenobi film, a Yoda film, a, ba- a Boba Fett film, you know what I mean, all in the works, so it could be that they're retooling the film script to make this TV series, but, um... Yeah, I mean, there's nothing concrete out, so who knows the you know I mean, how valid this is? There's you know everything got, definitely got paired back, and now with the Mandalorian and the Kassan Andor series being produced, but word did come out that there was a third series. So, um, yeah, who knows, right? Who knows how true um, this is? So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, hey, it's not all good things for superheroes and all of that kind of stuff. The Sci-Fi Channel have decided to... Um, yeah, it looks like I don't know. They cut. They could be cutting ties with um, a lot of outside produced TV shows. So um, that means the end of the um the DC stuff because um, you know they've just cancelled Krypton, but it does seem that Krypton really did fall in numbers. So going from the most popular show on the network to um not many people watching so yeah you can imagine that definitely played a key to it but they've also decided that they're not going to make the um live action lobo series that kind of got um talked about a while back but uh I mean, it does kind of make sense because, yeah, sci-fi cut The Expanse and from all accounts, that was more popular than Krypton. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's one of these things. And um, maybe DC Universe picks the shows up. Who knows? But um, there was a... uh, a He-Man convention re- recently. Never knew that thing existed. But um, at this uh, convention, word came out that Kevin Smith is going to be the executive producer and showrunner of Masters of the Universe Revelation. So that's going to be coming out on um, Netflix. Which kind of makes sense because Netflix have, you know, they've got the She-Ra series. So, um, yeah, makes sense that they'd be doing a, a He-Man one. And I think that had been the question for a while. There's the She-Ra one. I think that's now in its third series. So, um, yeah, and it's popular. So it kind of was like, all right, so are they going to do a He-Man one? The interesting thing is, though... That this is going to be resolving storylines from the 1980s cartoon series. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. 
So, you know, it's a bit like, does that mean that Netflix will be picking up those old um, cartoon episodes? You know what I mean? Because you do wonder, like, will people even remember those storylines? So that's the crazy thing, right? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. He-Man cartoon, people. And, um, you know, there's the live-action Masters of Universe film as well that's coming. So, um, yeah. Um, but with a lot of streamers really, like, um, doing a lot to increase their content, one is pulling out. So, yeah, YouTube is getting rid of a load of their uh, original TV shows. So, they've got rid of the Step Up series that they've been... They've, I think it's Step Up High Water. Um, so, I think it's already had two seasons on YouTube. So, they're getting rid of that. They got rid of Wayne... Um, yeah, and they've also got rid of Dark Cargo, um, also, what is this, a show called Origin, Overthinking with Kate and June, you know, um, they've all been scrapped, so it looks like all they've got is Cobra Kai, Impulse, impulse, um, and Lisa on demand. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Supposedly, they're they're launching a new advert kind of streaming system, and um, Cobra Kai is gonna go over to that. But yeah, I don't know. Who knows how popular that's gonna be, and what you know what I mean, like what's actually gonna happen? There's with all these other things. Is, is anyone really gonna be fucking with um, YouTube for that kind of stuff? I don't even know, right? I don't know. But uh, word has come out. Disney Plus, um have released their kind of plans for um, launching in a few different countries. So Canada, uh, the Netherlands will launch on the 12th, like in the States. Uh, Australia and New Zealand on the 19th. No word about the UK, which is, uh, yeah, come on, man. But supposedly there are going to be more. They just haven't, you know, hit with that information yet. Um, yeah, so the costs, I don't know. So $8.99 a month or $89 in Canada. $6.99 or $69.99 in Holland. And, uh, you know, Australia is the same as Canada. 
New Zealand is 9.99 or 9.99.99, which is um yeah I mean at least you can pay monthly or yearly because you know like I mean that's the thing like Amazon you can only do month yearly right so that's a deterrent on that so it's interesting that Disney are gonna offer two ways of doing it. Uh, so I don't know if this is because of the popularity of Glow, but it sounds like um, Stars wants to get into the wrestling game, um, and they're going to be launching their own wrestling series called Heal. Uh, so um, the lead of Arrow, Stephen Amell. Is gonna be uh, yeah. He's gonna be leading this show. He's gonna be playing the main, the main heel guy, Jack Spade, which kind of makes sense because Amol did do some. I think he wrestled Gold Dust for um. It, I think it was New Japan Wrestling, something like that. So um, you know, he's he's. He's already worked on the moves and shit like that. So, hey, they don't have to train someone up a great deal. So, it kind of makes sense for him to be, um, yeah, working on this series. But, uh, yeah, I I guess that's kind of the main thing. It's going to be this fake association called Duffy Wrestling Association. DWA, uh, and it just sounds like it's gonna be a um, yeah, like a, a regional, a regional organization that's trying to become like a WWE organization. But it is the first season is gonna be eight episodes, so yeah, I don't know. We will um. We will see what happens, man. Maybe this, yeah, maybe this definitely can, um, yeah, go off that glow popularity, right? And, um, yeah, become something, uh, become something big. Uh, for those that like it, sounds like Killing Eve has got a, a third season. Haven't watched season two, man. Like, I thought one was okay, but there's too many goofy things happening that made me go, hmm, not sure I'm buying it. Not sure I'm buying it. But, um, yeah. Uh, alright, so, um, yeah, Apple TV. So, I think. Originally, word was like they they were going to launch next year. Now, though, it sounds that they want to get into the game. You know, they don't want to be so far behind. So, um, yeah, they're looking to launch in November like Disney. The difference is, though, they really don't have a lot of content to launch with. So, it sounds like on launch... They're just going to have um, the morning show that's uh, with Reese Witherspoon. 
Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories. You got the Jason Manoa show C, and um, then the Octavia Spencer show Truth Be Told. And then there's meant to be like um, a Grand Designs type documentary series called Home. But yeah, that's all that they're gonna have for uh, for launch. Um. Yeah, and but supposedly to kind of get around this, that they'll probably offer things up for free to start with, and as more content gets added, that's when they're gonna um, start charging people, and it's thought that they're gonna be um, it's gonna be nine. 99 so nine dollars 99 a month in um but that goes against like disney plus at 6.99 so it's a bit like yeah they kind of do definitely need to be offering things up for free when um you mean like disney are gonna be launching with a whole ton of content and they've only got like, you know, a few shows. So yeah, so I mean, I can see why they want to launch in November, but you kind of think it might be a wiser move to wait and really have a proper offering. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens, right? Finally, um, Netflix. Um, of a launching a new feature so in the past you'd sometimes get an email going that a certain show or movie is going to be coming out um but that was it so a whole heap of stuff would launch and you'd have to kind of check the recently added you're in and the new tabs to see what was coming um, but now they are adding a um, a latest section, so it will tell you what's coming this week and then what's coming the following week. So um, yeah, I mean that that would definitely be a useful thing. It's meant to be just coming to the TV app at the moment, but um, yeah interesting right but people that is it for this week um yeah see you next week for another episode all right peace